0: The existence of perfected man is one of the most distinctive and also one of the most encouraging teachings in theosophy. It follows, if one thinks it out, from the doctrines of evolution and reincarnation. It is quite clear that if the spirit of man is steadily unfolding itself, if it comes again and again into new bodies, each in some way or other a little better than the last one, if we can see, as we do, men standing at all levels, on all rungs of this evolutionary ladder, then it is surely clear that this process of evolution does not stop with us. There certainly have been men greater in every way than any of us is. Those men also were specimens of human evolution. And if they are still continuing in evolution, they must assuredly still be greater than we. Where, then, are those men clearly greater than ourselves? This scheme of evolution must have certain definite stages, and it must have a goal. The probability would be, reasoning from analogy, that it has several goals. That is to say, it has an immediate goal, and an ultimate goal, the last more difficult to understand, because we can see no particular reason why such a process should ever stop. But at any rate, there is probably some immediate goal, the attainment of which would be the high-water mark of humanity as it stands at present. If that is so, then there should be some who have reached it. There should certainly be many who have come nearer to it than at the present time we have come. We have heard of great men of all times. The Church, for example, tells us of her great saints in the past. These perfected men are saints, but they are also very much more than saints, for they are men who have achieved all that was set before them. As it is put in the light of Asia, They have worked the purpose through of what did make them man, and so they are now more than men. They are supermen, and are entering upon a higher stage of evolution than any we know. Now the system of evolution is that the monad, which is a spark of the divine fire, descends into matter. No words that we can use are strictly applicable to this monad. It stands beyond our powers of expression altogether. But we come perhaps nearest to it if we call it simply a fragment of divinity. There can truly be no fragment in that which is all-pervading, and yet any other term is, I think, somewhat more misleading. The monad has been spoken of as a reflection of the deity, but it is very much more than a mere reflection. And to our limited understanding, the term fragment conveys more of the reality than the other. But of course one must admit that it is quite a wrong term to use. This fragment then, being a fragment of the divine, has within itself all goodness, all perfection in potentiality. What it has to do in the course of such evolution as may come to it is to unfold all this. As it stands, divine though it be, it appears incapable of acting or working down here upon these lower planes.